Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 106 of the North Meet South Web Podcast. Hey, you're going to have to do it again. You're going to have to shift the audio. Chicka, chicka, chena. You're going to have to shift my audio. Don't worry again. about it. Yeah, because... I always shift the audio because we've always got like a 300 millisecond delay yeah, anyway. So there's always a delay. Hey, by the way, this there is, is standard. this um, thing I saw on Hacker News, actually, that was... This deal where it's like, you know, most streaming or not streaming, but most like software like this, like Skype or like FaceTime or like Teams or whatever it might be, right? And it's optimized for mm-hmm. conversation. And so it will allow for a little bit of lag in order to get a little bit better. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, you know, the, a tiny bit of lag in conversation isn't a huge deal. But where mm-hmm. that is a big deal is when you're doing music. So... That yeah. applies to like people who are doing music lessons over Skype because or over um, you know Zoom because they don't want to meet because of COVID and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or people who want to like have a jam session online. Well, it's like completely mm. impossible. Can't do that really through yeah. through tools like that. But there's this new thing that essentially eliminates that. So it's called Sublive. Hmm. So online live Sub-live. rooms with super fast sound. Pioneering a new way of making mm. music by connecting musicians all over the world with low latency and high quality audio network. No processing at a high bitrate to ensure it sounds just like how it was captured. So, and it's just, you know, no, you don't even have to install. All you have to do is just, you know, to have a desktop with an internet connection and you're all set. So mm. pretty cool. Like um, that might be actually even, you know, for when we're talking from my side of the world over to your side of the world. Which is still incredible to yeah. me at all, but this would make the lag a little <laughs> bit less. Works at all, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yes. Sub live, very interesting indeed. Blue. Sub dot live, sub live, sub dot live online live rooms, super fast. I wonder how that works. I must be doing like direct. Yeah. Probably, probably the same kind of technology that powers Tuple. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. It says, um, yeah, audio is prioritized over video, peer to peer along the fastest route, and raw audio at a high bit rate. Those are kind of the mm. three things so within the same city. Latency can be as little as, uh, or so it can be less than four milliseconds, and it's ten milliseconds well. between cities. We've been able to achieve sub twenty millisecond latency from the UK to Denmark, which is more than a thousand kilometers. Just thousand kilometers. So interesting, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, why not? Might, might as well try it. Interesting. Right? Maybe we try that next time. Except for again, it doesn't look like it does. You know, video is less important, but just fine. Doesn't make a big deal. Mm. I wish there was a way to do a double ender stream of video. Like, so you know how, like, when you're streaming this, it, like, your audio and your video is going to be clearer on the stream because mm-hmm. my stream is coming to you and then it's going through your computer and then going back out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think we talked about this before. I think, like, StreamYard does that where the, where the video goes from both ends mm. into StreamYard uh, yeah. rather than. I mean, I know that Ecamm does the thing as well. You could do like live where it will send the audio and video into Ecamm. So you've got like Ecamm rooms or something like that. No, not Ecamm, Restream. Restream. Oh, I gotcha. So it's got like Restream rooms where you can do a similar kind of thing where it's going directly to them and then straight out. Yeah, we should try that. Yeah, we'll give that a go sometimes. See how it goes. Um, I've just noticed my background is blurring. If I move, it like... I think we talked about this before. I've got this detail app and they just released their 1.0 release, which now has the cinematic blur. Hmm, cool. Which is good. Yeah. But if I move backwards and forwards, it like blurs and then unblurs, which is a bit jarring. So I might just turn that off and 
Yeah, I've got that uh, Logitech Brio. Need to get a real camera. That that um, it's a pretty sweet webcam. Like it's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think Ian Landsman has one. They're not like prohibitively expensive. They're like two hundred bucks, but like it's a pretty mm-hmm. sweet webcam, and uh, it does it does some blurring as well. But yeah, I have a similar problem, and so when I'm talking at work or whatever, I'm always kind of like trying to move forward and backwards a little bit, trying to find that spot where it like stops blurring. And we've also been using this other tool called Why? Around. Why? Sorry, uh, my Fluidity. AirPods have just run away to the iPad again, and I don't know why. <laughs> Because I specifically went out there and turned Bluetooth oh, off so this did. wouldn't happen. And yet, apparently, Bluetooth is back on oh, and I've lost my audio. So just give me a sec because sure. I can't actually hear a word you're saying. No problem. Don't know. I really don't know why this is so hard. And it's it's always the iPad. It's always the iPad that my thing. And I don't know what the decision-making process is with the AirPods, like the firmware running the AirPods that go... Oh, yeah, I will disconnect from where you are actively speaking because they obviously know that I'm speaking and I'll just go and connect to this other device. Like it should be able to do proximity to the iPad. Like my Bluetooth signal from the AirPods is closer to my MacBook than it is to the iPad. Stop that. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. That does happen. That happens with my kids and the iPad as well. You know what? Now that my AirPods have reconnected to the computer, there is just no sound. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I really... I don't I don't understand how computers work. I don't understand. Oh, here we go. Your audio device changed. Like stop stop changing. Just stay where you are, please. Awful. Let's just sort that out. Are you good to go now? Oh, I'll no. just uh, go back to the, the trusty yep. wires, hey? Yep. They never connect to the wrong place. See, the good thing for me is that and I and I know you still can't hear me, but the good thing for me is that my kids are all asleep by the time we do this podcast. So my kids have all been asleep for an hour-ish. Hello. And uh, hey, howdy, howdy. Can you hear me? And so I don't have this problem of uh, audio switching out because my kids aren't awake at this time. So no worries. Is that better? Can so, I hear you now? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. I got you back. I just, I feel like, I feel like it's gotten worse recently as well. Like it was okay. It worked fine for ages, but I was... I was outside. I had my AirPods in. I had the 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 like the blower. Yeah. And I was vac I was vacuuming my front lawn because <laughs> there's all, all all the hedge is like shedded, and so there's leaves there. And Liv likes to pick the leaves up and eat them. So I was vacuuming my lawn <laughs> because I have artificial lawn, of course. And uh, yeah, it just it just kept connecting to the iPad on the other side of the house as opposed to the phone that was in my pocket. Which is you just need to like turn annoying. permanently disable Bluetooth on that thing. Yeah. The thing is, you think you do, but by default, when you disable Bluetooth on an Apple device, it's like until tomorrow. Yeah, right. So, anyway, yeah, let's no uh, let's talk about some stuff. Okay, so is... one of the thing I wanted to talk about real quick. So I was talking mm-hmm. about that Brio webcam, and I was going to say that another tool that I've been using recently, which I really, really, really like, is Around. I think we've, maybe yeah, we've talked about it. Have I've heard of it. it. I think yeah. Okay, is it so, Around.co or something. So Tuple is good, right? Tuple is great. Love Tuple. That's fine. But not everybody has it and not everybody wants to pay for it and blah, 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 whatever. That's fine. Support Tuple. They're great. I would use them if I was you. But in the case that you don't want to pay or in the case that you're looking for something that doesn't need to be crazy, crazy, fast, whatever for pairing and you just want to like meet up with folks and share a screen, Around is a really great option. And also, they are really fast 
at making changes and they're still like mm-hmm. in beta technically, I think. And so they are constantly making awesome additions. And so it's a really, really great tool. Uh, it's been super reliable for me. And I like some of their ideas. They got some really interesting ideas. So like one of the things, the, the main thing actually that that made me want to switch was that uh, whenever you're doing a screen share with somebody, I feel like it sort of takes and minimizes a corner of your screen to be the video for the people that is like that are you know that are sharing their video with you right so like mm-hmm. i'm sharing my screen and so what it does typically if i'm in like a, a a regular teams meeting or something what it does is it will take anybody that is talking and it shoves them to the bottom right of my screen right but i can only see one person mm-hmm. at a time you can't see like all nine people you can only see one person whoever the active talker is is the person who you're going to see in that bottom right corner of your screen you understand what i'm saying yeah 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 and with this, it shows all of them in tiny little circles, like in little circles. So you can see everybody's face and you can put it wherever you want. You can put it along the right hand side. So think of like an mm-hmm. icon, you know, like if, if you put like your docking, like your dock over on the left hand side or the right hand side, you can do that. And then they yeah. have like minimal mode too, where it's just little tiny circles, but you can still see their faces, uh, which is cool. That circle also will follow your head around the screen. So like if you move to the left, or you move to the right that that uh, it will it will move you know the focus of the camera to wherever your head is so it's constantly always just unlike mm. just unlike your face interesting and that's nice and then the other thing is that they have these it's could they call them anti fatigue filters and so instead of it being your actual video they have like effects like think of almost like an instagram filter but not as obnoxious um mm-hmm. so some of them are just like a little bit of subtle color some will be like there will be a rainbow color or maybe Snapchat filters is a better way to think of it. Uh, some of them are like pixelated almost. And that's cool. So it's just like it's a representation of you. But it's not necessarily like if you don't have your hair down or whatever, it's not going to make a big difference if you have one of these filters on. And then the last thing is uh, you can make it so that like so across those those bars, you can either show yourself or you can make it so that when you join to a meeting, you never actually see yourself. So for people who maybe are who don't like to see themselves on video or don't like to see their you know, whatever, which happens. That's true. Um, you don't mm-hmm. have to see yourself when you're on the chat. It just hides you, but it shows you to everybody else. I don't know. I just right. feel like they're doing some innovative things. Really, really uh, cool stuff. You can have like, you can say, start a music room and then you can just like basically have a playlist playing and like everybody can just kind of jump into that room. You can do, they have like a little game that you can play with anybody. They have like different games. Like you can play snake with everybody, just jump into a room. It's like part of the, part of the app. Yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting. I feel like they're doing a good job and uh, I've been loving using it. So it's pretty cool. Mm, something different for sure. I use it it's, all the time, um, every day, multiple times. We, we, I mean, we're, we're remote largely. Um, You know, I'm 2000 kilometers away from our head office. So we're on the phone a lot, but we don't see each other face to face. Like I think the last time I saw face-to-face anyone else from the company other than Snapchat was before I started, I think early in end of January where we when we were on a call just to sort of meet each other and, and figure all that kind of stuff out. So it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I could go either way. I do, I do enjoy got, using, um, yeah, they've got, I do enjoy using uh, Tuple though when I get the opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And it's funny because Tuple, when it first started, it was like screw videos of people's faces. We don't need any of that stuff. Mm. You know, it's like, just show me the screen. That's all I care about. Yeah. Just show me the screen. Let me write on the screen. And that was one thing that I really missed uh, from Tuple as well when moving over to Around is originally you couldn't write on the screen. You couldn't draw on the screen. But now you can do that. 
and everybody gets their own color and you can adjust what color it is that you can do. And I think actually Nuno and James, James said something about they were pairing the, the Laravel guys in case that wasn't clear. Yeah. Nuno and James said they were pairing the other day on some problems and they were on tuple all day long. And, uh, mm-hmm. the dude who made it, I can't remember his name, Ben, Ben, thank you. Ornstein, Ben Ornstein was like, uh, what do you, what, you know, what, what were your, did you have any like pain points, any suggestions? And James was like, yeah, it'd be nice to be able to change the color that would be used to draw on the screen. And I was like, oh, a round can do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, you should, you should try it. I've, I've really, really liked it and it's free for now. I mean, I'm sure at some point they'll pay, but it almost reminds me yeah. of like what it was when you remember when sketch first came out and it was like, Oh my gosh, they're making changes so quickly. They're innovating so fast. Like they're mm-hmm. so like agile. They can like, you know, lowercase a agile. And they're just like constantly having like new releases and all this stuff. And it's like, I think, I don't know if it was free at first or maybe it was, I can't remember, but it was like an alternative to illustrator. And everybody's like, this is awesome. That's, that's kind of how this feels. It just feels like they're, they're making changes really quickly. They, they have a good team. Uh, they're listening to feedback. So shout out around. Yeah. Very interesting so what have you been working on these days my friend um or do you want me to start you want me to start i could start no let's you i think i feel like i've done most of the speaking for the last few episodes so i reckon it's time to shift focus onto some actual laravel stuff (laughs) yeah man i actually it's funny because i've been um working with uh a I re I, I built a website for some friend of mine like a long time ago. Probably I don't know, man. It's got to be like almost a decade ago, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe less than that. Maybe seven years ago. But recently, the host that was on is like a managed host, and so they just automatically upgrade PHP versions for you out from underneath you and don't really tell you what's happening. Oh, and so it just broke some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't using like a framework or anything. I was literally just using PHP for exactly what it was originally intended for, which is like just templating, right? Include mm-hmm. a header, include a footer, you know, have some, you know, just inject some some variables into the into the uh into the page, what have you, right? Do some loops. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't anything terrible to fix, but I was like, what's the best way about the to go about this? What should I do? And so I switched it over to Jigsaw and Man, Jigsaw is freaking awesome. I mean, it really is super good. And it does just about everything you'd need it to do. Some of the things that I did not realize it could do, which are really pretty cool, is it has like hooks. So these events that are going to fire before and after it creates uh, the static pages. So you can do things like before you generate the static pages, I want you to go crawl a directory of images and then I want you to take those directory or those images and I want to, to inject them into the config. And the config is kind of where you can store a bunch of, you know, you don't have a database with Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose you could, but I don't. And so the config is just where you can kind of store, you know, these arrays that you are going to use to build up your, your pages. So you can say, hey, before you build, go crawl this list of directories uh, and look for any images. And then when you find those images, go and throw those into the config. And then you can use those when Jigsaw builds to build out particular Mm -hmm. pages or particular pieces, which is really Mm -hmm. awesome. And then you can do, hey, after everything is done building, go ahead and uh, listen for this hook and generate a sitemap and then write that out to the to the source as well uh, or to the uh, you know destination as well. So like build Mm -hmm. underscore local or build underscore production, whichever one it is that you're building. Mm-hmm. but man that's that's really really freaking cool 
I love that stuff. Like it's really, it makes it more than just a stupid static site generator. It gives, it mm-hmm. gives you a lot of power, which would be pretty cool. I feel, I feel like the, the main, I guess, limitation of Jigsaw is that it's made for people like you and me, you know, it's made for developers. It's, and it's, you know, you can use it for client websites, assuming that you don't really want the clients to be Very true. editing it so yep. much. Um, yep. Like, you know, it does markdown and things like that. And if you have clients that can at least build a markdown document, then it's probably okay. But in terms of, you know, actually building it or using it for a client website, people are so, you know, the the general population are so click and, you know, point and click inclined. So a lot of that stuff then comes down to, well, you know, WordPress, but then you don't really, most, most developers that are not WordPress developers probably don't like to to play with it. And then there's you know things like Prismic and and whatever else. What was the one you mentioned? Man, just mentioned Pri- Pri- Prismic. Prismic. I've never heard of that. Prismic. It's like a uh, I'm. It's it's a um. They handle all the content management side of things, and then you build your front end on top of that. So it's like a headless CMS, basically. That's nice. Okay, so Word, WordPress has headless CMS stuff too, right? Yeah, so all of that kind of stuff where you know you still need to have, if you've got clients that are writing content and updating their website, you know, you still need some way of being able to do that kind of stuff. And if they're not going to write Markdown, then you got to look at alternatives. And that's what, like, I've, I've wanted to play around with Statimic for the longest time and rebuild my own website which I've just never got around to because I just don't have time really. Yep. You know, and I, I'm going to write a blog post, but before I write the blog post, I'm going to rebuild the website. And by the time I finish rebuilding the website or I get halfway through rebuilding the website and then I've uh, lost interest in writing a blog post or forgotten what the blog <laughs> post was about. So yeah, it's that, that kind of thing where I, I love I love all of this tooling that is available to us to, to quickly build out websites and, and things like that. But I'm always kind of cautious about using those things because I don't want to ever be responsible for maintaining the content of a website longer term. And that, I guess, is is the main limitation for that type of tool. Yeah, I, I love that's it true. as a tool. But as I said, you know, for me, if I was doing it, even, even it still means that I have to sit, sit there and like write the markdown and run through the, the build process, you know, when I'm writing a blog post. Whereas at the moment on my website, I'm just using Nova. And so yeah. I can just type it up in, in the markdown editor there and then refresh the page and I can at least see it straight away. Yeah. Um. In the context of how it's going to be presented, which is always a, it's a different authoring experience than writing. You know, just, I mean, you can have previews of Markdown, but it's not quite the same as, you know, looking at the content where it is and then and figuring out, you know, if you have to put any extra line breaks or paragraphs or whatever else in there. It's not, interesting. Not, not to shit on. Jigsaw, of course. Yeah, no. I so, love Jigsaw and I love yeah, Titan. What you, the point you bring up is a good one, right? But if I want, like, if I want the power of Laravel, mm-hmm. but I don't want to set up like a full, like, I, I want to use like something like Netlify, right? I just mm-hmm. want, I, I need yeah. the static stuff. Like, I don't want, I don't need to set up like a server. I don't want to like, yeah, don't do any of that. Like, and Jigsaw is perfect for that. Yeah, and that's that's what it is, right? It's like most of the stuff, and so. For some of my clients, like on the other side of things, like who are wanting to do updates, I just I, I don't like the authoring experience of dealing with something like WordPress. And again, maybe some of it's just like I don't know enough. That's possible. But man, like I have never okay, so case in point, one of the most 
outspoken advocates of WordPress is Chris Coyer, CSS Tricks. Like this mm-hmm. dude loves WordPress. Do you know who this guy is? Yeah, he's yeah. Chris Coyer. Yeah. So Chris Coyer, Dave Rupert, two developer dudes, they do the shop talk show. And mm-hmm. Chris loves him some WordPress, right? He's always like, just use WordPress. Like everybody should just use WordPress. Like quit screwing around <laughs> with all this other crap. Just use WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go like run Lighthouse on CSS Tricks, the performance oh, yeah. is abysmal. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I say it's abysmal. It's pretty bad. Like compared to like what you would want ideally, it's pretty bad. Right. And that's from the dude who like knows WordPress, like loves him some WordPress. And to be fair, like makes his living off of this website. Right. So, you can't really knock it. I mean, the effects, or the, not the effects, but the results speak for themselves, right? Yeah. He still gets visitors. He still gets traffic. He still has great mm-hmm. rankings on like Google search stuff. Like, so apparently it doesn't matter all that much. But it, when when you go look at it, it's just like, ew, luck, yuck. You know, so like, because mm-hmm. a, a, a recent friend of mine started doing some stuff and they had somebody do some stuff in WordPress for them. I'm like, hey, just so you know, WordPress isn't going to give you great performance. And like, sure enough, like, it's not even that big of a site, but it's just like every single plugin you add is another CSS thing and it's mm-hmm. probably not minimized and it's just so crufty, man. It's just like you feel like you yeah. have crap everywhere when you're using WordPress and it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't feel that's, good to that's me. That's why things like, you know, Pagely and WP Engine exist, you know, and why there's such massive profitable businesses because people will just pay $50 a month to have someone host it for you and it handles optimization and caching and all of that kind of stuff. Like, you know, again, same, same kind of thing. The, the average user that's authoring content for their WordPress website isn't going to be looking at Lighthouse and they're probably not even going to notice that it takes a second or two to load a page. So, yeah, I, think I don't know. I, I think I had them use In terms WP of like, Engine. Here is... I think that's what I told them to use. And so mm. I think they're even using it and it's like, well, still not like terribly awesome. But... Yeah. But in terms of like, and all of that lighthouse stuff is going to be like, oh, you've got, you know, 15 scripts on the page and 30 CSS files and whatever else. But I don't know. Just cache it. Doesn't matter. Serve yeah. it from CDN. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the kind of clients that are getting the their brochure site, you know, their five-page website put together that are putting on their, you know, $100 a year GoDaddy server or whatever, probably don't care anyway, to be That's true. And brutally I think, honest. And I think some of the stuff that you benefit from with WordPress is all the templates that you have the availability towards. And like... It's so easy to put stuff yeah, together. Exactly. And, and like, like I said, the author, like for us, it it's not nice. Like, because you want to have more control than what, yeah. the, you know, the, the post body text area gives you in WordPress. But, you know, mum and dad's shop, local cafe, small restaurant, all of that kind of stuff. You know, plumbers, electricians—they just want a contact form on a page. Exactly. Really, they don't. Yeah. They don't do too much more than that. And it's Prismic like, is nice, you know, in terms of having the the headless CS, CMS, and you can build it out, and then you can use, you know, Nuxt or Next or Vue or React or whatever you want to build out your front end. But you know, and that gives you as a developer the freedom to use like modern tooling to build out the website, and it gives at least your clients the ability to to have a, a GUI, a WYSIWYG to well not not even really a busy week but having a GUI to put their content together but again it depends on 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 what kind of website they're building you know because it's fairly rigid unless you're going to have a full-on page builder that you know wordpress gives you that kind of stuff that people can put their own stuff together but end of the day once you hand off that website to a client that has a page builder or whatever else you you just know they're going to trash the website because they're not going to be consistent even if there was one that i used when i was working at an agency it's called divi 
Yeah, so and that this. gave you a, a really comprehensive thing, and you could like click and drag and and have like shared components and and you know all of that kind of stuff. You could pre-build all of this for your clients and go, you know, explain it to them. But as soon as it's gone, like they're not going to use the components in the right places. They're not going to, you know, they're just going to put stuff on there. They're going to copy and paste stuff out of Word documents, and all of the style is going to be broken anyway. So yeah, that's the other thing with WordPress too. Is it's like it feels like it's fragile even with that experience too. Right, unless you're talking about having collections of a bunch of things that are the exact same. Like if you're talking about like mm-hmm. posts, right? That whole promise of WordPress, which is like, hey, you just go edit it yourself. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like if you wanted to change anything other than a line of text, you're screwed. Like you're mm-hmm. never gonna be able to do that, right? And that's what I that's what I told this other company. I was like, hey, listen, I know the promise is like that you're just gonna be able to change everything. It's like we really need to be able to edit content whenever we need to. It's like, okay, edit content, fine, but like if you want to change the design of anything, like it's not, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. Like it's just done. Yeah. It's not that way. Like you're going to have to learn just as much doing it that way and spend just as much time doing it that way. Or you could just say, you know, Hey, call me and I'll get it done in an hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There are lots of, lots of trade-offs. So yeah, I'm curious, I'm going to sound really ignorant, uh, but I suppose I'm interested if you know, do you know how Statomic works? So like, I don't know how Statomic works. Like I know it's static, but then you yeah. have like this web authoring experience as well, which like you can make changes up there. Like, and it just generates flat stuff. Like, I don't know how that works. I do not understand it. I never have. Have you ever worked with Statomic at all? I know both of us. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a yeah. while ago, maybe like six months ago, we're like, yeah, we're going to get on the Statomic. Yeah, we're going like, to do it, right? Let's go. <laughs> And then, um, same thing though. Same thing. I am, um, you know, just no time, no time. No yeah, time. <laughs> you've got two of them now, so you know you understand. Yeah, I know. I know you got four. It's ridiculous. Dude, there's, there's it's a miracle you have time at all. I know. There's people with way more kids that have that get more stuff done though than I don't know. Yeah. I I always like. You know, like that's the excuse that immediately comes to your brain when like you see somebody who's doing all this cool crap like, yeah, well, you don't have kids yet. And then you're like, yeah. you're like oh, my gosh, I actually do. Like you realize later they're like, oh, no, they do have like two kids. You're like, yeah. Crap, I can't use that excuse what you, anymore. What are you doing with your kids? I know. What are you <laughs> doing with your kids when you're doing stuff on the computer? Yeah. Like I get during the day, like during the day, nine to five, Monday to Friday, that's work time. Sure. And so like kids go, I mean, the kids are at childcare four days a week and, and one day a week they're with with mum and like with their mum, my wife with Ree, uh, and they go into kinder gym and they go and visit Ree's family and things like that. But on the weekends, you know, I, I sat down to, I had a pull request come through onto one of my packages and I sat down to review it. So I think I got about 10 minutes in before I was pulled away and it's like, let's go and do some weeding and play out the front. And, you know, I'm like, like it's just when the kids are awake, there's just basically got to spend time with the kids. And then totally. by the time the kids go to bed, like the kids are awake from, 7 30 in the morning until 7 30 at night by the time that's done you just want to sit down like i don't want to go and sit on the computer and yeah, burn my eyes out with <laughs> computer screen i hear um, that so today today my wife had uh like this women's retreat thing for like our, our church and she went and hung out with a bunch of friends which was cool so i had the kids all day today by myself which was fine like wonderful like um, you know, you're thankful. You, it makes you realize how much your partner does, right, to keep things rolling. And so, oh yeah, yeah. Like I was so tired today. It's just exhausted. And so it was like a lazy day. Got a couple things done, but mostly it was just you know, don't let the kids kill each other, sort of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but my oldest thankfully he's old enough now like he uh, he was like hey i'm going fishing with my friends at 12 30. it's like all right so he took his little the little flip phone that we got him and mm-hmm. he called every you know little while just to tell me about their fish stories and whatever and i didn't see him till like 6 30. like he just went and was gone literally yeah. the whole day it was sort of awesome not because he wasn't with them but because he was out having fun with friends like out doing fun yeah. stuff out in nature not being on a screen and it was wonderful i know See, this is the thing. Eli's three, so we can't really send him packing. No, um, not really. We, if he had his way, he would sit and watch the iPad all day, mm. which, you know, obviously we don't, we try and avoid that. You know, we yeah. give him an hour or so here and there, or, you know, before before childcare, when he comes home from childcare until dinner time. You know, he gets a bit here and there. But um, it's it's like they've got so much energy and just keeping them engaged and like doing stuff all the time is is taxing. Yeah. Yep. But um back to back to Statomic. I mean, I guess they just put everything onto files and then they get read by the app somehow and then they get spat back out as HTML. But there's like, you know, it talks about end to end version control. And so what the you you write yeah. a post which creates a file which then gets added to Git, which then gets pushed to like what I suppose what is the the uh the life cycle there in terms of actually doing that revision history. Yeah, I don't. So, I mean, it's their website is really good, by the way, if you haven't gone to Statomic, but it has like a choose your own Statomic adventure. Pick one to be showered with relevant knowledge, facts, and imagery. So it says <laughs> writers and publishers. You can click here and then it shows you here's all the things that you're going to need to know. And then it's like developers and designers. Here's all the stuff that you're going to need to know. And it talks about, you know, version control and dev tools and whatever. Writers and publishers, it does talk about the revision history. And then it has like business bottom liners here. Why, why do you want to use Statomic, right? more secure save money ship faster blah 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 so yeah i mean i guess i would just need to learn you know spend the time to dig into it i I guess that makes sense if it writes out a actual file i don't know how it goes back into version control though i guess right that's that's my thing like how does it to get so it's it's running it's running git commits and then running git i like when you click on those things there's a little jack mcdade sound that goes yeah you think (laughs) it sounds like uh I don't know if you ever... Do you think that's his voice? Do you think that's Jack McDade? It's 100% his voice. It's 100% his voice. And also, it sounds like... Dang it. What was it called? Doug Funny? Like, what was this, What was the name of that show? Hey, no. It's just called Doug, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it? It's called Doug? Don't know. There's like Skeeter and like Patty Mayonnaise. Did you, ever, did you ever watch this show? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Patty <laughs> Mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, it was Doug. Yeah. It was Doug. That sort of stuff. That's Jack McDade right there. Kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. So still, I'm still no further along the way to understanding uh, how it yeah. works. I mean, but. I suppose if you're deploying this to a Forge site, then you know the site's running as the Forge user, which has access to your Git repository. So it's it's probable that it's just running, you know, Git add new file, Git commit, and and off it goes. Surely. Surely, I'd set some homework to say, like, go and figure out how Statomic works and then mm-hmm. report back next time. But that's uh, a good idea. We should do that. Yeah, we should try that. We've got yeah. two weeks. We've got two just weeks. Just so we can to... talk, just so we can look a little bit more into like exactly how it is. Because it's so, you know, here's the question Can you do, can you do like what Jigsaw does? I mean, I think you can, right? Where you compile it locally and then ship it up to like something mm. like Netlify. Can you do that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's dynamically powered by PHP and Laravel until you need to go static. So I guess you know because you're not pre-building, it's like 
the, the serving of the assets are static. You know, it'll compile the HTML and it'll spit back a cached version of it. But it's still running on a server. It's still running PHP mm. unless you want to go static, in which case you would run, you know, the, I think they're, the they're artisan or their, yeah, the build step is like please. It's the, the command is called please and you go like please build and then it'll build your HTML and push it up or, you know, you would push it to GitHub locally and then it would, mm-hmm. you know, run that in Netlify, Net, Netlify or whatever, you know, that build command and then you just generate the public HTML. The cool so, thing is like with Netlify, like um, you can still run like, so I'm I'm running the build production step using PHP on Netlify. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, I think Netlify yeah, I, originally I, was like Jamstack stuff, but like you could even do that too. Like you can say, hey, Netlify, you're going to run the PHP stuff, but don't put that behind my site. Just spit out the static files, right? So I mean, you could even still do that. Seems like there's a lot of options, a lot of different ways you could accomplish the same thing. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct, yeah. Three reasons Statimic is more secure than WordPress. SQL injection. We can't have SQL injection if there's no SQL team. Fundamental features built on Laravel. Statimic stores all of your content, templates, assets, and settings in files instead of a database. You can see them, touch them, edit them, and in any editor of your choosing and even email them to a colleague. This allows us to version control your entire website. You can roll the site back at any point, work on alternate branches without affecting the site and merge changes back when they're ready. Your site is always backed up and blah, blah, blah. You can be copied and pasted and shared. Developers are more proactive in working with version control code. If you ever do need a database, Statimix database, data storage system can be adapted to any storage method. Yeah, I I want to live safely in my theory that that's what it's doing, that it's you know writing a flat file and then adding that to Git and then pushing it. Because the docs take you to statimic.dev. Diving deeper, sending email structures, revisions, static. Like you've got static caching, obviously. Yeah. So it feels like, yeah, like I said, like you said, like, so here's, here's the, the pitch at the top, right? There's no database until you need one. So you could use either. It's a front to back CMS until you need to go headless. So you could do that too. It's dynamically powered by PHP Laravel until you need to do static. Okay. So you could do either of those. It's full stack until you go jam stack. Hosted on PHP 7 until you want to go serverless. Use a control panel unless you don't feel like it. You can use a code editor. And so it's like th- you can just go 10 different ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get Jesse or something on here next time or Jack or somebody to talk to us about Statomic and tell us all the wonderful things that we can do with it. Does that sound fair? Yeah, I think so. I think that okay. sounds fair. Okay. I'm sure either of them would be interested in doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, hmm, other news here then. I've been listening to uh, Daniel and Caleb argue about transducers for a couple of weeks. That's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> have they figured out what they are yet i've <laughs> i'm uh, i'm almost at the end of this like two hour episode where daniel's trying to convince caleb that they're a good idea right let me see how long is this episode it's uh no it's not that long it's only it's an hour and 45 minutes some yeah, of their almost, episodes it's almost two hours quite a while. it's almost two hours mm. it's been really mm. fun to listen though it's been really interesting so it's been a hot minute since i've used collections for a whole lot of stuff but i've got a new dev on the team now and uh where I'm introducing him. I don't know if introducing is the right word. He knows collections, but I think mm-hmm. I'm pushing him more to say like, there will never be another for each loop in any of our code ever. As you know, it's sort of like the, the stake in the be ground careful. that I drove. Yeah. Sometimes for <laughs> each is quicker. I know that's, that's probably not a good rule. It's probably, it's probably actually, uh, I don't know. There's, a, I mean, there are times where like for each, but like, I don't know. Are you like me where if you see for each, you sort of like, Hmm. 
I don't know. Do you do that or is 4-H not even a problem for you? In my day job? No. No. Well, I mean, no, not in your day job. I mean, so much of Laravel gives you a collection anyway. You know, if you if you if you query the database, you're getting a collection back. Yeah. So it's it's a native structure. I mean, it's not like there's any problem. It's a native structure for each. Yeah. Like I I think I've just I don't know. I think I'm so used to seeing collections everywhere, and I think they give you so much power that I've kind of just started defaulting to using them. So like anytime I need mm. to you loop over practically anything, I'm using a collection, right? But I mean, if you're just doing something pretty low level, I suppose a for each is totally fine, right? Yeah, if I don't if I don't need to like loop over and then back over and and manipulate it and things like that, like I will regularly use array filters, array maps. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. I you do know that those too. those native PHP functions. Mm-hmm. There are if I if I've got a an array of like three items and I know it's three items, I'm not going to you know create a collection of that and then get the object overhead. Yeah, um, no doubt, no doubt. So I don't know. I don't think there's there's a definitive line in the sand. Hold on, hold on. let me pull a let me pull a Daniel a decal. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does the <laughs> yeah, <bot>. yeah. <laughs> but, I love you, decal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Like if yeah, if there's like a a short item list of items, I'll manipulate those mm. manually. But yeah. anytime I have a list of things that I'm going to be going over and doing more than one thing, I think I think for me maybe some of it too is a. Um, it's not that you can't do it in five different ways. It's not that you can use a collection or a for each or a while or a, you know, array filter, array map. You could do it like a hundred different ways, right? You could. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's more just for me, like if we always standardize on using collections, you never really have to worry about it. Like everybody should yeah. just kind of know this is what it's going to be. So yeah, definitely. Um, like my last job, we tried to use collections wherever possible, but that's you know because we had the structure there already, you know, and rather than going from collections to arrays and back and things like that, or converting arrays to to collections, it was just easier to stay in in one data structure. Yeah. But I don't think there's a definitive line in the sand, other other than like as I said, small small lists of things that you know I'm not going to c- collect an array of ten strings. I would do something with those strings directly, you know. Yeah. Or if I've got if I've got like a a lookup table in a class for something, you know, I'm just going to return an array. I'm not going to return a collection or anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy no, like for that. Sure. So. Like I, I don't mean that I don't use arrays. I mean I don't use for eaches. Like I use arrays all over the place, right? I just if I have to sure, loop but I over them. But if I was gonna if I was gonna loop over a, a lookup table, I wouldn't I wouldn't convert it to a especially. In, <laughs> I, I typically now, use, we if, wouldn't if even I'm do that anyway. A, you would just do like return and then array, like your square brackets and then your things and then square bracket, dollar, you know, key, question sure. mark, question mark, default or whatever. Like, of course, you wouldn't even have to, you don't even have to iterate over them in, in modern versions of PHP now. It's, it's no, just that much cleaner. Absolutely. So. And so like, I don't, you know, it's just that when I am, when I have to loop over the contents of an array, not doing a, not doing mm. a lookup, right? Like I do use, I use a, you know, map, what did you call them? Hash, uh, yeah, lookup like, tables. Thank you. Lookup table. Yeah. I use that all the time, right? I do that all the time. Typically in those situations, I'll either use like a match or I'll use array get or mm. data get because I like those because um, you can search on you can search on an array. It's kind of like you can with um, config, you know, the config where you can kind of do these nested dot, dot, dot stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you can provide a default if it if it doesn't have it. Or you can actually pass a closure 
as well as the default. And then you could throw an exception in that case. So you could say, instead of at the top of your function saying, hey, if, if it's not in this array, throw an exception, you can just say, look up the map. And then if you don't have any matching values, then throw an exception at that point, right? Uh, or provide a default value of null or of whatever else you want the default value to be. So that's how I kind of do like lookup tables like that. It's using array get or data get, which are both Laravel stuff, Laravel thingies. Yeah. And uh, also, Mr. Dorinda, I'm afraid I'm probably going to have to cut this a little bit short. Uh, my one dude is really, really sick. Oh, he's, no. not, he's not feeling great. And the the mama just asked me to bring some stuff up for him. So probably, right. I can probably make cool. a couple more minutes here. Yeah. We could we could wrap anything else we want to if there's anything else you wanted to talk about before we go. But otherwise, I'm I'm good. No, we can wrap. Okay. I'm going to... The Statomic have got a a fifteen part Statomic three guide on their YouTube channel oh, sweet. for um, installing and and all of that kind of stuff. So I might I can make time to watch that stuff. Maybe I'll be smarter at there the end. Of I'm it. sure. Hopefully they talk specifically about Absolutely. it. <laughs> all right, sounds fun. Hey, this is episode one hundred six. Is that right? Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to episode one hundred six. If you want to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at northmeetsouth.audio slash 106. Hit us up on Twitter at Michael Dredd, at Jacob Bennett or at North South Audio. And as always, we really appreciate a five-star review. That would be amazing. All right, folks. Until next time, we'll see ya. Bye. Bye.